The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hi love guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a weekly show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me as always, co-host Fishing Rick. How are you, buddy? Lord Macca, I'm good, man. What about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm, re- I'm ready to... Uh, I think the theme of tonight's show should be uh, gamble. I'm ready to gamble, and uh, looks like the coaches are ready to gamble too. Yep, I like it. I like it. And back on the podcast is the lovely Portia. Hello, how's it going? Good, good. Thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me. Now, not really. Not really. No, not entirely, but well, mostly. It's been a bit of a depressing week. It'll take me about a week to completely erase it from my memory. So, yeah, a couple of days yet. So, I mean, this isn't a podcast um, showdown. Um, sorry, let me get that right. A showdown podcast. <clears throat> but just in thirty seconds, Porsche. What cost us the game? Um, I think that. Oh, gosh, I don't know. What, the most, if you don't want a non-football reason, it's probably because we were playing at a familiar place with a hostile crowd. I'd say a large part of it was that. Um, it's always something strange about the unfamiliar. It's like a nightmare going to Adelaide Oval, your absolute sacred haven, and then having all these horrible Crows fans, you know, cheering when you lose. Quite a shock, I suppose, maybe, some of that. But really, I think it was just that we didn't want it as much as the Crows did at the end of the day. I think we were just trying to hang in there, and the Crows, they... It was their grand final. This would be the highlight of their season. So I think they're, they're done. But they got their win. Good for them. Well, look, let's uh, let's talk about this week. It's Port versus Essendon this Saturday night at Adelaide Oval. It's going to be a ripper. We've got a 14-10 win-loss record, even though we've lost the last four games against the Bombers. And last time we met uh, was a 30-point loss at Docklands last year. We got reamed last year. <clears throat> reamed. Yeah, it wasn't a good game. No, the umpires reamed us, didn't they? Was that or was that the year before? That was the year before. Was it? I oh, don't know. It, one reaming just seems to merge into another one for me with umpires. But what do I think of the Dons? I don't know. Cheats. <laughs> Straight to <Yeah>. the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Dons are—they're really or the Bombers or Essendon, what are we calling them? They're um really up and down side. Uh, I just can't pin them myself. I'm not entirely sure what they are, but I think that we're well-placed to, to deal with them. Um, I don't think they've been in any amazing form, and I think at any moment, you know, the individuals um, at the team, I imagine that's probably part of why they're up and down is because it's hard to be a team when everyone in the team's sort of wanting to know about their own personal fate, and I guess that's what the drug saga has done. So that's probably why you get these little moments of individual brilliance, but not really the team getting it together as a whole. It just really disrupts the whole fabric of the club so you just don't know you just don't know um hopefully the fact that we've got a bit more um belief in the team even with these little worrying little injuries and so forth uh hopefully that holds in good stead and that uh, Essendon can be made to act like individuals because that'll definitely bring them down if we can do that yeah I mean they're basically the uh the Forrest Gump the box of chocolates in Forrest Gump you just never know what you're going to get you know they could be completely out of the game and then kick five goals in six minutes then they're back in it. Or they could be up by five goals and then lose by five goals. So you just really never know what you're going to get with Essendon. Would you pit this game almost the, the Tolls versus the Smalls? 
it's the it's the influence of their tall timber against the influence of our our smaller midfielder and and forward line. I I wouldn't have thought that they had any particular edge in talls, and I wouldn't have thought we had any particular edge in smalls. I, I think no, it's really, no, I think it's fairly even. Quite honest. Well, they, are, they, do, well, they, they, don't, they don't have any extra tolls <clears throat> on the ground um, or in their side this week. They haven't added mm. anybody. They've dropped Dustin Fletcher. Um, so we're actually going one for one in terms of key position players with them. Uh, yeah. I guess mm. the issue is that their tolls are taller than our tolls. <laughs> okay. Their, their tolls are particularly tall, whereas ours are not overly tall. Our smalls are particularly small. <laughs> <laughs> that, that as well, yeah. It's almost like a Doctor Seuss. <laughs> so, is anyone? Do you want to go through the uh, the ins and outs for us, Macca? Absolutely. We've got uh, we've got three people. Well, three changes this week. We've uh, obviously we know that uh, just, uh, Jackson Trengove is out uh, for quite a long time with an ankle injury. Uh, Carlisle's out with a hamstring, and Sammy Gray's been omitted. Um, a bit of conjecture on the boards tonight uh, with the uh, the inclusion of Cam O'Shea, Dom Cassisi and Aaron Young. I think a lot of people expected Tommy Cleary to get a go and a, a few more people were hoping that Johnny Butcher might get a go as well. Uh, look, I think that we're dealing in the shallow end of, of depth. I think that, yeah, we could have played any of those guys, but um, I wouldn't have thought we want to make any significant changes to the structure of the side. I think that bringing in Butcher, for example, would do that. Um, we didn't lose a forward, or not a big forward, so oh, I don't know why we'd change that up. And I think that the hope is that someone like Cam O'Shea coming in um, will be able to be a bit player, same with Young, possibly, um, to cover the people that we've actually lost. But I think that they're actually pretty happy with how we line up. And particularly when you've got um, some of your key players beginning to go missing, it's even more important to maintain a familiar structure just to grind it out. Um, there's nothing worse than losing a key player and then having to restructure the entire side because that forces everyone into an uncomfortable position rather than, say, a couple of people coming in that aren't quite in their preferred position. So uh, I think that this is probably the right move. I think the yeah, I think that's pretty pretty much the right way to go, what we did. Yeah. I think there's, uh, there's probably two key points with the selections here. I think, number one, Kenny's gone with um, the players that he can trust. You know, Dom Cassisi's been very good all year. Cam O'Shea, we know how good he was uh, at key times last year, and Aaron Young's had a pretty good season as well. So he's mm. brought back guys that he knows that he can rely on uh, to get the job done. Um, secondly, is that Essendon's forward line really isn't all that good. You know, it's pretty bloody ordinary. I might <coughs> yeah. be tempting fate saying that. But, you know, Jake Carlisle's had a, a horrible season so far. Mm. Patrick Ambrose averages half a goal a game. And Joey Danaher is the only player they've got in their entire squad that's averaged over 1.2 goals a game so far this year. So they just don't kick goals. That's pretty fair. Um, I'd say that you're quite right in that there's nothing that you would specifically say you'd have to worry about with that forward line. Um, I don't know. A part of me just says we should walk out. We should just, it, three weeks ago, if we were facing this team at Adelaide Oval on a Saturday night, we'd say, yeah, we'll, we'll trounce them. And yep. Really, I probably should be saying that, but just the, that showdown just unsettles you a little bit. Um, but maybe we should just face up that the fact that we're probably much better than them when we are on the park and that we should really be expecting to win by, say, 50 points. Keep the faith, Portia. <laughs> That's what I was saying on the boards today. Keep the faith. And I can't see any reason uh, uh, why we shouldn't. We, our form for 2013 and 14 has been fantastic. And, you know, I think that, that statement's perfect. We, you know, we should... We should be uh, beating this side, and we, you know, we should be confident, and I, I think we should. And uh, the challenge for us, um, 
this year was if we did get injuries. And I mm. think that was another um, good point that you, you mentioned about, you know, testing the depth. Um, you know, that was always, for me, going to be our challenge. Our starting 22 is great. Uh, but how do we go once we get past maybe 25 players? And you know, we've we've given a fair few players a go. And uh, I don't know if Russell Weber Hamble is still keeping track. And if we've hit our 33rd or 34th player pushing us out of that um, Premiership Cup matrix now of having to play no more than 31, two or three players. But, um, yeah, I'd, this is the ultimate challenge. And I wonder if uh, Clory might be a late inclusion for another player or if we do just go with the, the small running fleet of uh, players that we've got. Um, I think that if you're looking at the emergencies, I'd say the only one of those ones that's likely to come in would be Sam Gray. Um, and that would just be, you know... <sighs> I don't know that there's any faith really shown in Tom Clory or Ben Newton to really come in and be a difference. I don't think either of them would really add anything. Like I can't see who you would drop to bring in Tom Clory, um, quite honestly, and then expect Tom Clory to be a better selection. I think we've picked our best side. I think it's more to do yeah. with uh, there might be the chance that Dom Cassisi actually doesn't come up, so he might drop out. Yeah, well, I mean, if that happens, then I'd be more inclined to bring in Sam Gray, really. You know. Or Benny Newton? Yeah, maybe Ben Newton. I don't know. Mm. It would be nice to see uh, Newton get a few games in a row and show us what he can do. I mean, he's been a form player in the SANFL and, you know, a few people believe that he deserves an opportunity. I'm, I'm one of those, but, uh, again, I can see who do you push out for him. Everyone's doing quite well. I know a lot of people were um, quite animated about uh, Kane Mitchell uh, maybe making way for... Uh, Cleary or Newton? Yeah, but I'm just not convinced that either of them would do anything better than Kane because as much as I'm not a Kane Mitchell fan, um, he still does get around the ball quite a bit and you'd have to expect that in this week, so admittedly it's a short-term decision, but in this week it's going to be better to play Kane Mitchell than it is to play Ben Newton because Ben Newton's just such an unknown quantity and he's probably got a lot of lot of the game to learn at AFL level. Um, and I guess at this point, you know, we're trying to protect the position and we're doing the Choco-esque thing of... Um, We've, and as, as we should be, of trying to just protect where we are and uh, hang in there while the, the top team gets healed up and gets back in the side. So I think even there, Kane Mitchell's probably a better bet because he has played a fair bit of football this year, um, even if he does have a few things that you know are not ideal in his game. Yeah. I mean, given that, um, given that we lost the showdown and now this game really does become such a must-win game for the Port Adelaide mm. Free Club... You do want to go go in with a sort of better the devil you know sort of thing than, uh, yeah. than throwing in a Cleary or a or a Newton and a, and a Butcher and you just don't know what you're going to get um, with those three players at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those games that if we lose, it could be one of the ones that you say, oh, well, that's when Port lost the season. That's when Port lost the Premiership, um, uh, quite clearly, because losing two games in a row at Adelaide Oval would make anyone query and it would certainly make the players query the next time we play. Um, yeah, I, I think that we really just want to get the points on the board for this one, so don't miss around with playing a, a guy that's um, not pretty battle-hardened at this point because they're going to come for us, Essendon, I reckon. I think that as much as I think we can beat them, I think they've got a... Same as Adelaide the week before, they would love to pin their season on beating one of the top teams. Yeah. Why not? Well, what's going to turn it around for us this week, then? Uh, what's going to be... Um the difference, say, between last week and this week uh, for us to actually get that win on the board? 
Um, hopefully better team work than our opponents and really also that we'll have a clear home ground advantage again where last week we, I suppose we didn't have a crowd advantage um, and the team we played was probably the most familiar with Adelaide Oval apart from ourselves we'll have home ground advantage literally in, in all respects so I think that's enough to, to win you a close game and as we sort of discussed earlier I don't think it's going to be a close game necessarily I think that um, we've got a team and they've got a bunch of players that are all independently trying to do um, the best they can under, I suppose, what is pretty uh, difficult circumstances to be a football player at the moment. So I yep. think that's all it'll be. We've just got to, we're in a better position and we're at home. I think that's all we need. I think it's going to come down to the midfield again, just like it did in the showdown last week. That's probably where we lost it. Um, you know, the midfield, that's where all their star power is. Um, Essendon, you know, they've mm. got Goddard, they've got Stanton, they've got Zaharakis, they've got Heppel, you know, they've got a lot of big names through that midfield. Chapman as well runs through there. Mm. Um, you know, if they, if they all come to play, then that's uh, that's going to make it very, very difficult. I forgot about Chapman. I, I kind of think that um, this will be a good game for the likes of Pittard and Broadband, actually. Um, I think that we've talked about how uh, Essendon's forwards are not necessarily all that great. So I think if we can put in, as you said, uh, make it a fierce contest in midfield, then their forward entries are not going to be particularly controlled, and I think our guys can pick it off. Um, hopefully, Camachet too, for that matter. Uh, and I think that's the defence we've sort of gone with there in a lot of a lot of uh, respects. Is the because we've lost, I suppose, our two best stoppers. What we've got is a bunch of intercepting defenders in our back line. So I think that we will be playing hopefully a very tackle-heavy physical game on Essendon's midfield which should increase the pressure and hopefully we'll see a few more turnovers to our defenders who can then hopefully counter-attack pretty well. So um, that means it's on our half-back line, I suppose, our back flankers to intercept and rebound quickly and then it's on our runners like um, Pollock and White to sort of bring it up the field as quickly as possible and then get it to a secure target in the forward line. So it's I think that the midfield is going to be important, but I think it's mostly going to be about scaring, or not scaring, forcing the Essendon midfield to not be at their best. I think that'll put us in the best place for a win. It's a massive advantage for us, I guess, isn't it, that it's here and not over there in the enclosed uh, Etihad Stadium. Uh, That could have been a a different story, couldn't it? It could, but I wouldn't have thought that would go against us, quite honestly. Can't you tell I'm a bit paranoid about their tolls? Um, No, no, not at all. No, no, I, I didn't realise that, Rick. But, um, you know, tolls, tolls, if they're getting clean delivery to their tolls, then it doesn't matter if it's wet or dry, they'll mark and they'll kick goals. So it's really about stopping that clean delivery, regardless of what field we're at. Um, it might be slightly easier at, um, uh, I still want to say Colonial Stadium, um, Docklands, but uh, really uh, there's no reason why we couldn't play the same in either location. What about Matt a, Loby? a lot of the game is going to come down on uh, on Loby versus Ryder, I think. Think Loby can uh, negate Ryder? I, I I don't know. I'm more thinking that Ryder will negate Loby. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that, that's that's what I think is more likely. Um, not that Ryder will necessarily win, but that he'll do enough that Loby has no real impact, and then it does come down to the midfielders, as Macca said. So that would be more a concern for me. I'm trying to. Uh... Reflect on the previous games, how Ryder's gone against uh, Loby. I don't really recall Loby being a great one for uh, the guys that sort of jump high over the top of him. That's where uh, the loss of uh, Tringo will probably hurt us a little bit with 
um, him not being in the side with those sort of that athletic type ruckman. Um, I thought Lobie sort of prefers more the uh, uh, the ones that don't jump, the more wrestling type rucks. Yeah, uh, look, I think that Lobby um, past matches probably don't really matter so much because what's really changed about him is that he's become a much smarter ruckman over the last couple of years. Um, that was my criticism of him years ago, which is that he just seemed dumb. He'd get in wrestles that he couldn't win. Uh, he'd lose sight of the ball, but that's just stopped being the case so much. So I think the fact that Wright is a leaper is not necessarily a great concern as long as Lobby is not inhibited by the umpires in positioning himself um, where he wants to be. So um, umpires will be a big impact on that rock duel, I think. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, in the match last year, Lobby was uh, was much better than Ryder. He had 42 hitouts last year, um, Lobby. Mm, mm. Um, the part that killed us last year was that they had Bell Chambers who snuck forward a lot and kicked five goals. Yeah. That was where they won the game last year. Um, mm. And I thought they might bring him back this week just to try and stretch our defence, knowing that you know we've had our two best key defenders out. But they've decided against that, and he's not even um, part of the emergencies either. What about Westhoff as our backup Rutman? Is that a, an issue for us? Uh, well, I mean, he can be our backup Ruckman. I'm sure we'll have a couple of people try and be a backup Ruckman. Maybe even Cam O'Shea will be a backup Ruckman, but I wouldn't have thought that it would be a role I would be saying as a masterstroke. Myself, I would have thought we kind of need him in the usual Justin Westhoff role where he just sort of runs around the place and tries to get the ball. I don't know. Mm. No, I think it's clear Westhoff will be the second Ruckman. Probably. We, we really don't have anyone else <laughs> that can really mm. properly do that role effectively. Yeah, yeah. I um, guess that's what I was trying to say, is that he's, not that he's going to be like our secret weapon like Trengo sometimes is, but that he's the guy that has done it before, so let's just stick with that. Yeah. It's mm. through necessity more than anything else this week, and that's yeah. why a lot of people thought that maybe Butcher might come in this week, is so that when we do have to play West off in the ruck, we still have a second key forward that we can rely on up forward. Rely on? Okay. Well, as in putting the arms in the air and hoping to take a mark, sort of reliance. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's not convinced. Well, no. The issue, the issue we have is that do we want Schultz as the only toll and therefore allowing Kale Hooker to take another 37 intercept marks against us like he did last year? It really depends on whether we decide to use Jake Schultz's at all. Like, if you, how many games did we play with Treadray back in the day where he was just a decoy? You know, there was a few, a few of them when it became tight and we had a bit of struggle for backup for him. And I think that using Jake Schultz that way would not necessarily be a bad thing if it's not working out all that well and just um, try and run it into the half forward and ping at goal. Um, you'd hope by now we know the ground reasonably well and we've got a few players that you'd think are reasonably good kicks at the 50. So, I don't know, maybe a bit of that. No, if it doesn't work out too well, Macker, I know how we can get lots of drinks out of the locker room now so we can just drown our sorrows. That's it. <laughs> so what about, uh, yeah, as a fellow half-bat flanking fan, with your love for uh, O'Shea, are you, uh, you pleased with the progression that Pittard's making, Porsche? I've been pretty pleased with Pittard the last couple of weeks because he's just done his job and got on with it, which has been great. Um, but I yeah. am extremely... I'm, I'm glad that O'Shea is back in the side, but I think it's really unfortunate that he's coming back into the side in a week when we are short on key position defenders because, um, I don't know, it's a bit rough to sort of come in in your first game and find that the defence is in tatters and then uh, try and mm. make your way back into the side. 
not exactly the best chance, but you know he's got to make the best of it anyway. So hopefully he'll do okay. Sorry. Yeah, let's get on to the questions this week, mate. Uh, time to stand up. Rick, I'll start with you, mate. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, with Brad Ebert. I uh, I was a bit disappointed with Brad over uh, last week and over the last couple of weeks. I think the last two games since his uh, terrific Sydney game haven't been probably to his high standard. So, and uh, it goes in with your leadership theme and and our, our disappointing midfield. So I'm going to go with Brad. Yep, that's a good call. Um, I'm going to go with Aaron Young just because he keeps being in and out of the side, and I think it'd be really nice to see him stand up and say, I want a spot in the first 22, because he's not going to get a lot more chances this year, hopefully, if we get our guys back. So, Aaron Young. Does he, does he need to uh, be getting a <clears throat> game? I think that would be great, but I think he's got to put his hand up and say he deserves it. So, that's how he does it, by doing that. You could almost mount a case that he has put up his hand to say he's deserved it. I mean, last week in the SANFL, he dominated, and uh, most I... of the games he's come on on the sub, he's... Uh, done his job to a plum. I don't think you can use SANFL form to say you deserve a four-game AFL level. Um, it's just enough to say you're worth considering. So, But I think that his AFL performances so far, they've been okay, but there's been nothing that make you say, ah, I can see Aaron Young as a uh, blah and have confidence in any consistency in his form in that respect at all. Now, he's been played in a lot of different positions, which makes it hard, but that's why I'm saying it'd be really great to see him stand up and say, right, I'm going to make this position, this game, this roll my own um, in whatever role he gets uh, allocated this uh, game and hopefully he, hopefully he can stick in there because I think he's um, yeah, it's not bad. That's fair enough. I think his, uh, his full game so far this year have been a bit underwhelming. Mm. As sub, he's been very, very good. Um, yep. So if he does get a chance to play a full game or at least start on the ground, yeah. um, you know, hopefully he makes this one a winner this time. Mm, mm. Uh, for me, my time to stand up is going to be Cam O'Shea, uh, simply because it's great that he's back in the side, and I really hope he plays fantastically this weekend so he stays in the side. He's one of my favourite players. Um, he's back in there. Make it count, Cam. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Put pressure on Pittard. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Steady on. Well, are you saying that we we couldn't do with someone that's equally or better than equally as good or better than Pittard? Is that what you're saying, Rick? That we we should not be trying to excel as a team by having O'Shea mm-hmm. in challenging Jasper Pittard for his spot? You're just in fantasy land because that's just completely unrealistic. <laughs> there's no one uh, there's no one better than Jasper Pittard, and you know that. So you know that Pittard's just flowing past O'Shea. So. But, but imagine if you had now. if you imagine if you had Jasper Pittard and then another person who was as good as or better than Jasper Pittard, how how good that would make our side. Well it just means that we wouldn't need Craig on the podcast anymore and you and me would just dominate <laughs> every episode. That's true, that's true. So for Craig's sake, let's let's hope that doesn't quite happen. <laughs> Camo Shea out. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get him out. That's it. <laughs> I need to protect my spot here. <laughs> you, look, you've got to pick a tall halfback flanker macker. That's just all it is. Start, it. start, start planning, go, in, go through the draft and just work out who we're going to pick and we'll definitely pick at least one. Is Greg Bentley still available? Or... <laughs> <laughs> no. Where is he now? We could have a where are they now segment macker. We could. All right, let's get on with it. Danger Man, Porsche. Who's going to be their Danger Man this week? Um, Heppel. It's too obvious, but it's going to be Heppel. I suppose if I was going to go for someone, 
a bit off the ball that would really infuriate me would be someone like Jason Winderlich. I don't really like him as a player, but he's the sort of guy that could get out of our grasp and be annoying. Um, but Heppel, I think, is my first choice there. It's just If he gets on top of the midfield um, extraction, then really that's going to be very challenging for us to deal with. You don't um, rate Jason Winderlich? I do. That's but why Mark, he's annoying. <laughs> but Mark, Mark Rusciuto said he was a 60-goal-a-year forward earlier this year. Oh, well, who am I to contradict Mark Rusciuto? <laughs> The chairman. The chairman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's mine, Dyson Heffel. It's obvious, but whatever. That's fair enough. Who do we think uh, Kane Corns might go to? Because I think there's players there that we will see Kane Corns this week do a, a strong defensive job. You know, Stanton's mm. someone that has torn us to shreds in the past. Yeah, Stanton. Why not keep him on Stanton? Mm. It's good any, as good as any, really. If he can completely shut out Stanton, if he can do a really good lockdown, that'll help us a lot, I suppose. But uh, I can't see any other uh-huh. really obvious natural matchups for him. I'm going Paul Chapman. That's fair Paul enough. Only, be- only because of years gone by and the mental scarring he's given me. I still have um, Oh, it's just, I'm going to see, you know, I mean, you're just talking about their lack of goal scoring options. You know, he's one guy that could quite possibly kick half a dozen on us. And um, you know, and that could be enough with a, a little uh, collection from the other players to to sort of get them over the line. And uh, I guess who is our? I mean, if we had our regular defenders um, and like full fit and firing, I'd probably say maybe Tom Jonas would go on him with you know yep. for that size and bulk and that little bit of extra height to to run with him. But obviously, we're probably not going to be able to afford that luxury of running. Uh, Jonas on him, and uh, you know maybe your mate O'Shea Porsche <clears throat> might go on him, but I'm I'm oh, not sure that he. Oh, is he going to be strong enough? So I think Dom. How strong do you need to be? I don't know. He just looks really strong to me, and he's smart. So yeah, maybe Dom might be I think the I'll one. Start with Dom. Oh, I wouldn't start with Dom because he's been no, no. I wouldn't make that match up at all because I, I think that there's not been anything that's made me convinced that Dom Cassisi would beat Paul Chapman at any point in their career. Well, do you um, want an accountable player on Paul Chapman or or yeah. one that's willing to run off him and sort of ex- try and expose him? I'd, I'd be more inclined to just put Impy on him and hope that Impy can get off and create a bit as well. See, this is probably why... This is probably another reason why maybe Cleary should have been included because then you would be able to have Tom Jonas play on Paul Chapman. Mm, that's right. But, okay, but we well, most likely won't be able to this week. All right, so just a question. Um, if... Clurie is would allow us to play Tom Jonas on Paul Chapman. Then who is it that we would be putting Clurie up against that Tom Jonas is going to cover? So, do we really think that Clurie could beat whoever it is that we're going to be playing Tom Jonas on, preferentially to Paul Chapman? I would think uh, Clurie would do the job on Patrick Ambrose if we were going to bring him in, or he would do a job on uh, Jake Carlisle. Yeah, okay, Ambrose. Because I mean, would you have played Jonas on Ambrose? Like, who would you have played Jonas on if we had an extra tall backman available? Well, we'd Chat- be putting Chapman. him on Paul Chapman. Yeah. So that's your first choice regardless. So then why would Cleary make a difference? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if we play Jonas on Chapman, well, then what do we what do we got on, on how tall is Ambrose? 196. So then we'd be left with, what, Homsch will probably go to Danaher. So then we'd be looking at O'Shea, 
what who's 193 are they are they yeah. sort of similar similar in bulk uh, camo shows yeah. 191 i think so yeah. i would think o'shea will as it stands right now i would think o'shea would start on ambrose i would think uh, Hom will get the job on Danaher and Jonas will go to Carlisle. 197 yeah. is Camo Shea. Yeah, he's not 197 centimetres. That's what it says on Google, and Google's always right, as we know. <laughs> <laughs> she is right there. If it was Wikipedia, that would be completely different. Oh, look, my danger man's got to be Paddy Ryder, simply for the fact that um, he, I don't think he's had a great year, but I think he's someone that can jump over Loby. And even though mm-hmm. Loby did the job on him last time, um, this week's going to be a different game. I think you know he's got the ability um, and the sneakiness to sort of uh, creep forward and have the possibility to kick a couple of goals, um, which might be able to stretch our defence a little bit. Um, I don't know. He's just someone that I think is going to have a very good game this week, Paddy Ryder. I can't put my finger on why. I just think that it's going to happen. You have yeah. the vibe. I have the vibe. The key to winning, Rick. Uh, the key to winning is for us to be a lot more accountable in the midfield. I, I was very uncomfortable for most of the game last week. I thought the Crows had a lot more run uh, in open space against us um, than we've allowed all other teams this year. And so I want to see our midfield come back to their accountable best. Um, mine's kind of related to Rick's in that it's about accountability, but it's about, I suppose, just trying to break them down into individuals Um I think it's doable. I think there's a lot of guys there that um, are not necessarily for the team, and I think if you can isolate uh, some of the key ones of those, um, I think that uh, that'll really help. Um, if they can get them pointing at each other and you know saying where were you and why didn't you honour my lead and whatever else, I think that if we can just be constantly accountable, constantly in their face, I think that we'll completely smash them and they'll give up. I also think if the crowd by the fence. Or bring syringes. We might distract the Essendon players, and they might be lured over the boundary to the uh, to the crowd, seeing if there's any free drugs around. So I think uh, uh, everyone should pay heed of that. And uh, I was thinking, if you brought went along um, wearing white coats and carrying clipboards, they'd be a bit more concerned as well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like where this podcast is going. Look, my key to winning is ensuring that our backline stands up with the absence of our two best and most experienced defenders. Um, I've got faith that individually these guys are good enough to be playing at AFL level, um, but as a group, uh, I think losing those two guys um, is going to hurt quite a bit. Um, So really, for me, the key to winning revolves almost entirely around our defence standing up as a group um, and doing a job on on the taller forward line than uh, what we'll have out on the park this week. Yep, totally agree. And prediction, Porsche? I reckon we're going to win by 50 points. Nice. Rick? Well, Essendon haven't really traditionally played well here, have they? Well, there's Not no Adelaide. Adelaide, Adelaide in general. Well, Pardon? does that really matter? Well, it does, because I'm going to say Port by 49, because Essendon don't travel well. Look, I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to pick Port by 42 points, I think. Oh, we're doomed. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to pick Essendon by eight points um, because That's Porsche didn't better. like my original pick. Yeah, good. That's all right. There we go. I still think you might have jinxed us, Macker, and it's all your fault if we lose now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> okay, good. Porsche, thanks for coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me here. Great to have you back on again. Yeah, it was fun. And it was the shortest, 
shortest podcast we've ever had with Porsche. That's still gone for an hour. Yeah. Yep. That is short for us. Mm. True. Okay. True. Rick, I'll see That's you at the footy, mate. Yes, we will. Have a few uh, brewskis. Absolutely. Go the power. Go the power. Oh, sends it long. Modlop just on and takes the mark. He can give Port Adelaide the lead. Hamstring hurt. Plays on. Sends it high. Goal square. Long. McVeigh gets back. Port Adelaide in front. The magic man of all people. He had to be the one. 